This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello and welcome. Happy Saturday or whatever day of the week you're watching us or listening. We are your hosts, Alexis and Grace. And this is Saturday Morning Mysteries. Uh Uh-huh. And we are back to talk about our, well, one of our favorite shows, <laughs> Darkwing Duck, the classic crime-fighting waterfowl uh, who patrols the streets of St. Canard and other streets around the world. And today, Grace okay. is telling us a story in classic true crime fashion about Darkwing Duck. Well, thank you for saying yes. that's a high praise, classic true crime fashion. I was like, wow. Yeah. I don't know about that's, that, but that is your area of expertise. <laughs> Nothing else. You didn't uh, you like create true crime? <laughs> I created crime, actually. Crime. All of it. There was none prior to me. None. <laughs> the world was a beautiful place. And then the I end of 1992. Around. Crime <laughs> was born. Crime was born literally in December of 1992. <laughs> Welcome. Everything before uh, was not crime, but now it is now it is. <laughs> anyway enjoy so uh i am so excited about today's episode okay. um, because it has to do with one of my favorite topics a topic that uh i noted but didn't fully dive into during one of our scooby-doo episodes because the hmm. scooby-doo episode it was actually our first episode ever had to do with a kidnapping that just happened to take place <clears throat> in a museum. Yeah. But this time it fully, my episode is about art theft. Yes. The, oh my, my God. Favorite yes. Topic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm going no, to interject. In the, no, no, because you have to get out what exact, what specific art heist you're going to maybe tie into this, your favorite. I'm not going to talk about a specific one. I'm going to talk about not. art heist and theft overall okay so let me hear what you're okay well in our very first episode you mentioned that a particular actual real life art heist was your favorite whatever that means for an art heist no no favorite your favorite not trying to say that she's like saying awesome job with this crime (laughs) you guys no just like it's the or maybe they did a good job mystery the isabella stewart gardner gardner museum in boston massachusetts Yes. yes indeed so mention of that museum came up at work for me one day and I got really? to like throw in the chat like, huh, I've heard that that was like the greatest art heist ever. And everyone's like, oh my God, yes, there's a great podcast about it. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm so cultured, aka Grace told me about this. I like that our very like, first episode. I've heard, I've been told as it's like, like from like an expert exactly like i i actually talked with the people on that like boston like podcast or (laughs) (laughs) like i was one of the people "Mm -hmm." they interviewed or like i interviewed them like oh yes uh just from what i've heard there's an amazing Mm -hmm. podcast on this wonderful archive (laughs) case that was never solved that i literally only heard about two seconds ago from Mm -hmm. my friend and have never done any research on myself i'm just (laughs) taking her word they ask you all these follow-up questions and you just like put the away message on slack (laughs) I don't even do that. Like, I just like leave the dots. Like when I like start typing and then just walk away. So it looks like I'm constantly typing. They think I'm like typing a dissertation. Drop our first episode, (laughs) Scooby-Doo, and now this episode. Which literally mentions it for like 
10 seconds and that's yeah. it. It's like, this is how I feel about that artist. And next. <laughs> and make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, <laughs> which by the way, I will just also throw in, if you've made it this far in the video, drop us a like, <laughs> leave a review, share, yes. comment, subscribe, slash if you're listening on the podcast, any of those things, we would love to have you join this little community with us so you can hear us be idiots like this all <laughs> Um, yeah, all day long. Act like, act like we know things and show off to our coworkers when really we just casually talk about them in the context of that. classic cartoons. Yep. <laughs> um, but so this time, since you know we're an ever-changing and maturing show about how we feel like doing things and there's no rules. Um, <clears throat> again, last time on our first episode, when I just yeah, like briefly mentioned the greatest art heist of all time. Uh, and also just that, like, I, I'm fascinated by art theft. Um, but then I moved on to talk about, you know, like the actual kidnapping situation. Um, this time I'm going to tell you some different things about art theft, all of which are relevant for today's story. Um, <clears throat> to begin, my resources for my uh, art research included Quote, the art market, a victim of its own success by mm. Mark Andre Reynolds from UNESCO. Um, oh. We also <laughs> name drop them in that episode. Oh, wait, do we? Yeah, I remember mentioning UNESCO saying oh, wow, that they were going to be after Hyde or whoever, I've, uh, the night. Anyway, what, oh, go yeah. back and listen to our first episode. Clearly, we're on top of it with this art crime <laughs> stuff. We don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ed Caesars, what is the value of stolen art from New York Times Magazine in 2013? Mm. <clears throat> Cultural property crime thrives throughout pandemic, says new Interpol, Interpol survey from Ooh. Interpol. Yeah. And then from Not the band, Supra. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the cool. espionage or like investigative Intelligence agency. agency. <laughs> Intelligence <Yeah>. agency. <laughs> um, and then cool the band was Supra's data analysis reveals some shocking art theft truths. Hmm. So Alexis, as one of the titles from those articles I just listed off, gives away <clears throat> cultural property crime skyrocketed during the pandemic and mm -hmm. cultural property crime is any aspect of the trafficking of paintings sculptures archaeological items and library materials mm -hmm. in 2020 alone basically almost 900,000 it's like 800,700 something something so like yeah we'll just round oh, up to like 900,000 yes like almost a million yeah. cultural property objects were seized from around the world wow yeah over half of which were seized in Europe and interestingly during the demand for these stolen items uh kept up during the pandemic Although the chances to steal them from sources diminished because of pandemic closures of museums and libraries. Yeah. Wow. However, um, and I guess I just didn't realize this, and I usually don't, usually when I think of like an art heist and art crime, I think of a museum, but illicit uh, uh, activities basically and theft from archaeological sites kept up during the pandemic, likely because these tend to be way less protected than museums, especially depending on what country the like uh, site is happening in, such as 
Spring break of 76. <laughs> Cinco, Mexico. Cinco, Mexico. Cinco, Mexico. Cinco, Mexico. Mexico City in the ancient Aztec kingdom. Oh, yes, my God. Exactly. Where Let's there do was a Darkwing Duck Scooby-Doo crossover. I think we are right now. Oh, yeah. We have. We're, it's in the making. You guys are watching history being, or listening watching to live. history being made. This is what it's like. This is how the sausage is not made. <laughs> exactly. Okay. By anyone. Yes. Um, so, of course, if you don't know we're talking about that's a uh go back and listen to our scooby-doo series yeah we did an episode, episode i forget mm-hmm. maybe like episode four six or something like that but get, just listen to all of our episodes you'll listen. find it eventually it's you'll in there figure right out. promise you it's there so according to interpol art theft has the highest dollar value globally only after arms dealing drug trafficking and mo- money laundering oh wow Yeah. So it's like a big ass billion dollar industry worldwide. Um, So stolen art comes from around the world, but I don't know. I kind of thought it was funny. Most of it ends up in Europe. Like that's I laugh. Where... I don't know if you notice. Yeah, I'm going to tell you chuckle. That's right. why I didn't point it out because I knew I was going to say it later. <laughs> okay, cool. Good. We both uh-huh. find this funny. Not, not actually. It's ironic, maybe. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess just ironic. like, you know, the colonization continues. Yeah. <laughs> alive and well in the 21st uh-huh. century thriving yes um so paintings and sculptures tend to be the most stolen type of art um but funny enough i just i needed to point this out that the same interpol article pointed out that like surprise surprise this is sometimes stolen but it's very difficult to quote steal and conceal unquote furniture <laughs> pictured like people trying to like steal like couches and shit because like that is in museums and stuff is like yeah antique furniture and stuff but just like movers like a u-haul calling it out they just like put a tarp over it yeah it's like a camo tarp there's there's nothing here keep looking um don't look. You no. can see anything. Oh yeah, keep looking now. That's not how keep looking. <laughs> or yeah, clearly I'm not in camo. Yeah. Clearly it wouldn't go well. You, you chose so, a good um, line of work. Yeah. So I realized uh, in doing this research that like there could be, and I'm sure there is, a separate podcast like just about art theft. Not even mm-hmm. like a specific heist, but there are so many fascinating aspects to it from like how the crimes are done. Like, how does the museum get broken into? How the goods are moved on the black market and even the like open art or market. The results of art theft. For example, I learned in this research that according to, or in the 2017 United States resolution, or not United States, United Nations resolution 2347, Mm -hmm. the UN Security Council noted that the trafficking of antique cultural items like art from archaeological sites, museums, libraries, and archives is one of the sources of funding for things like ISIS in Mm. Iraq and Syria. Mm. So yeah, during some of like, you know, those conflicts when you've heard, yeah, like museums being, are you laughing because of ISIS because your last episode? That (laughs) and also more so at first it was that. And then also I was like, this video has now been flagged. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Money laundering and ISIS. Hey, CIA. I hope you're enjoying Bye. the video and the podcast. Don't forget to <laughs> like and subscribe, CIA. Yeah. Hey, share it with in- your manager. Maybe, Maybe we'll like boost our algorithm. 
I know you guys work with Google. Help us out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And including of just like the other fascinating things that could be their own podcast exploring the art heist world is um, how some of like the captured and caught art thieves try to defend themselves, which could actually be another desperate defense bonus content. I see it intertwining. For example, (laughs) in one museum heist that the New York Magazine, New York Times Magazine article mentioned, One of the lawyers for like a a caught thief said that his client wanted to then like flip it and reverse it and sue the museum for negligence in allowing it to be so easily broken into. (laughs) So he stole from the museum and then was like, this is your fault. (laughs) Excuse me. I just pointed out the flaws in your security system. Hey, me. (laughs) I'm going to sue you. It's your fault. It got stolen. So many thoughts about that. Yeah, let's do that for a desperate defense one. Okay, yeah, I have I'll, a million thoughts about it. Save that the one. The case itself is so yeah. interesting and funny. I'll tell you all about that case. Awesome. I have a Crime million paper. and one thoughts, and I'm not going to share them now because we have other business, but we yeah, do. Okay. Um, but, you know, all of that is like a ton of work to create a whole separate podcast about like that's based on real facts. Yeah. So instead I'm just gonna keep finding art theft crimes to cover in cartoons until oh, I've like eventually covered every aspect of art theft. Um, and there are a lot of aspects of this that are relevant, like I said, for today's episode, but the two I want to tell you about is one, some of like the reasons and ways that people get into art crime to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some information about stealing highly valued art. Um, so, you know, there's tons of reasons why people steal art and cultural property and all of that stuff that we're not going to get in all that shit. But one of the reasons that I guess I didn't realize was a thing, but after I read it, I was like, oh yeah, duh. Um, is that sometimes people will, yeah, go steal this art, break into a museum and steal a specific piece of art basically yeah. on commission for someone else. Oh my God. So yeah, a really rich person is like, I want that. And they go yeah. out and hire like known criminals basically. Mm-hmm. And like specific thieves who like specialize in this. Gosh. Yeah. Keep going. Now let me hear, is this your new career path? <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the recording now and talk about this. And then we'll hop back on in a minute. No, just so many. I just... So more creative ideas, not, Mm. not, not professional, not professional ideas, just like (laughs) writing things like, oh my God, it would be such a fun show to make or yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, So basically like the thief on the ground, isn't the person who's like going to try and move the art or broker the deal. Um, You know, no like wheeling and dealing on their part. They're just like a hired job, basically. Um, It's usually for pretty specific work, it sounds like. Um, And it's usually kind of more on the famous art. And these, as far as I can tell, are isolated cases and maybe not super typical, I guess, but there are examples of them. So for example, in 2008, a Picasso and a, um, I'm going to say this name, there's going to be a lot of artist names that I butcher in this episode buckle up. Um, but click uh, a Candido Portorini, Portinari, I think, were stolen from Brazil 
by people in country at the behest of a Saudi art collector. So yeah, so like it is worldwide. Yes, also Saudi Arabia, another previous Star Wars episode. all coming back Uh it's coming full circle wait Mm -hmm. so this was a this was a painting or a sculpture um I think paintings okay gotcha okay okay yep um and so if you're wondering whether or not this world of like commissioned art heists and black market art dealing and just generally the art real world is like elite and rich as fuck um I feel safe to assume that yes it like absolutely absolutely is and that's actually probably Again, there's probably a whole podcast about like how that's part of the problem with the art world in general is like the, like how elite it is. Yes. But anyways, on that note of like well-known art, which again, that's I think usually what gets commissioned to get stolen. um, Unless you're stealing it again, like on commission or for a known buyer, um, you are, or if you're like extremely, and I cannot emphasize this enough, an extremely smart thief, mm-hmm. uh, stealing famous, well-known or incredibly valuable works of art is actually more than likely like a death note to your grand scheme than a good idea. Mm. So basically a few things happen when well-known art gets stolen. So first it gets covered like crazy in the media, um, it doesn't actually tend to happen that often. So when it does, it gets widely reported. Um, and the latest entity that it was taken from, so like a collector, a museum, like an insurer, they make like a huge splash to try and get it back. Mm-hmm. And since all markets, including the open market and the black market are, and I know you have thoughts on this, a uh, made up concept and that they're just backed by confidence about the value of something mm-hmm. because nothing is speculation. Real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the more something gets hyped up to be valuable, the more valuable an object would be. So that sounds like a great thing. Like, yeah, it's getting hyped up, which means I'm going to get more money out of this. Yeah. Um, but if you aren't a genius criminal, it's by far more than likely that this art will get flagged in your attempts to move or sell the art yeah. because everybody will know about it. Yeah. So like it because will Because of steps beyond. one and two that you just mentioned before. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's hyping it up. Everyone's yeah, talking about it. All over it. the news. Yeah. All over the news. All of a sudden, like you thought you could move slyly with this art. And again, unless you're mm-hmm. very, like a genius um, or have those buyers already lined up. Yeah people basically aren't going to want to touch it. They know it's too hot. Like mm-hmm. they know people are on the lookout and you're probably not going to be able to turn it over. Yeah. Um, and even more so if you think that you can get the full value for the art, um, especially because they uh, will oftentimes when major art gets stolen, they'll like say the estimated value of it in the press. And so a dumb yeah. criminal will be like, I'm going to get that much cash for this. But in reality, uh, not even just famous works of art, but apparently in the black market, usually art only goes for about 10 or seven to 10% of its estimated value. Wow. Yeah. Oh so the dumb criminals think that they can hold art for like a cash ransom and get that full price um, for it. And thus they're going to basically, if you're extra greedy for this high value art, it's going to get double flagged. No one's going to want to work with you because yeah. you're an idiot and like all that stuff. Um And a common misconception is that you can actually get cash for your art. Um, So people think, and again, dumb criminals think that museums uh, are basically, yeah, like 
paying a ransom for the art. And while museums will pay for information that like leads to, like if I call them up and it leads to the rest of someone, I'll get that cash, not the criminal. Um, More often than not, there's actually no like, you know, like we will not negotiate with terrorists type of thing. Um, We don't negotiate with heists or, you know, thieves. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, there's some debate around this because some, uh, there are like companies that straight up exist to like recover stolen art which seems super cool yeah i was gonna say Um, now that i'm getting career prospects yeah i would love that job i love Um, the the crime fighting side rather than the crime causing side yep exactly and they technically and this again would be a whole other podcast they have introduced some of that cash into the black market and thus making the debate of like do ransoms get paid or not I don't really know, but either way to even like successfully like extort like a museum or like a collector insurer, like you have to be a very smart thief. Um, That I will say again, probably too nuanced for the average art theft criminal. Um, But you know what most again, smarter criminals will do with the art instead of trying to get cash is they use it as collateral. So like the stolen work actually becomes a bargaining chip for them. Um, mm. rather than trying to get cash, they're using it for something like a reduced prison sentence, or uh, it's yep. been added in before on like huge drug deals instead of cash, they include this art for it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a okay. it can be a bargaining piece because in reality, like you most likely are not just going to get a lump sum of cash if you steal like a really famous work of art. Again, no one wants to touch the famous art. Again, you have to be very smart to navigate all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Our criminal today who, surprise, surprise, is an art thief. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's where you're going with this. (laughs) Oh, 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 Darkwing Duck the art thief? Um, Gosling? Wait a second. Uh, Unfortunately for her, she is the former of these types of criminals, not the latter, aka she is not a genius criminal, ready to work the system for all it's worth. The criminally talented here. Yes, she is a dramatic, starving artist who has not only not thought through any of like the nuances of her desperate plan, but like she doesn't even have a plan (laughs) to begin with. Awesome. Yes. It's like she's an artist and she hasn't even put out a piece of paper yet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She hasn't even dreamt of the thing yet. She has no muse. Yeah, exactly. So today I'm going to tell you about A Brush with Oblivion, which is season one, episode 49 of Darkwing Duck. It's a tale, obviously, about an art heist. Um, But it's also about the unlikeliest of heroes, should anyone actually believe his story. Oh. So my story today, we're going to start, we're in St. Canard. Uh, We're going to start in one of St. Canard's, it seems, many, many poorly lit alleyways in their warehouse district. That are, yep, full of crates and probably barrels. We talked about barrels a lot in Scooby Doo. They always belong in a mystery and crime story. It's not a good story without them. Yep, exactly. So, anyways, in this poorly lit alley, we have two shady characters. 
So the first is like this huge muscular dog, maybe like a distant cousin to your criminal in your first Darkwing Duck episode, Newt, whatever, oh, who yeah. uh, was like the cop dog, security guard. The dog. security guard. Yeah. yeah, who's got like the huge upper half and like tiny waist no and legs. legs. Or this is yeah. him. Maybe he got maybe, out of maybe it's new glimmer. Like each other. Hey, yeah. Big yeah, dog. Um, That's, how many ways can you draw that in a 90s car chain? <laughs> they all look the same. Yeah. Um, but he's got like a like turtleneck sweater and like a tweed, you know, like flat, like newsies, like newsboy, like hat on. And he feels like this, like gruffy sailor from like the forties or something. Okay. <laughs> like, Chilling in the dark alleyway. Yeah. In the dark alley. Um, so with him in this dark alley is uh, this kind of like spindly, like kind of looks like strung out duck. Who's got like spiky, like black Joan Jet 1980s hair. He's got like tattered black clothing. Oh shit. Uh, Run. Get out of here. And she is wearing combat boots. She's got like this heavy made up like smoky eye and her eyes are like real shifty. Um mm-hmm. and from her her satchel she pulls out this like this I think maybe like looked like a pharaoh or Egyptian maybe, but a golden statue that's, I don't know, like the size of like a forearm or something. So not huge. Okay. Um, and she asks the the dog how much she can get for it. And immediately he scoffs at this and says, he's not going to give her more than 75 bucks for it. <sighs> to which she like freaks out and like starts yeah. demanding more, telling him he doesn't know anything about art. Um, and clearly like this was not the deal she planned on making. Um, and this like, I don't know what $75 was worth in 1991, but I'm sure definitely not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah, exactly. Like I am not impressed by that offer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So she's like, you know, basically calling him like, he doesn't know anything about art. This is worth so much more. And yeah, cause he's like kind of like looking like, again, looks like a gruffy, like, uh like sailor he's got like kind of like got an accent all that stuff and so she's like clearly you're a peasant like you don't know anything about this and then I do want to say this dog is extremely highbrow and he goes hey what can I say sweets and this is all direct quote if the neo-postmodernist backlash hasn't anchored the pre-anti-realism in his wake you'd be sitting pretty (laughs) and I don't know what that meant but it's really funny Nice at that because it's like in that like New York accent, yeah, doing, like that greaser accent. Wow, and just that's like hilarious. yeah, like scruffed up and it's just like very highbrow. Actually, look at all the syllables I can say. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and again, that's hilarious. I don't know what any of that means, but clearly, I think um they called in an art history major to the table for this episode, yeah. and they're finally using their degree for this episode. They- <laughs> probably what really happened one of them had a friend who studied art history and they <laughs> called them up like hey how should I write this line just say this all right <laughs> cool yeah, I'll, yeah, I guess not Venmo back then I'll send you a check thanks yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well that person was definitely on retainer for this episode because there are a lot of art terms and oh good. In this episode they called the experts in yeah I tried to write all of them down because I thought they were awesome. all very funny. Um, so yeah, well, again, thus my eventual butchering of many artists' names. <laughs> so anyways, in her frustration, this strung out Joan Jet wannabe yells, what, do I have to steal the Mona Lisa to get any real cash? And the dog dealer just goes, 
yeah, now we're talking. So my God, this deal, which I now believe to be a directly commissioned deal for this sailor dog or his boss is officially made. Mm. Only problem is that there's already one piece of stolen art with people on the lookout for it, this statue. And now the plan is for her to steal the most famous piece of art. So what could go wrong? Like the artiest art that ever arted. Arted, yes. (laughs) The artiest art of art time. (laughs) Um, So let's backtrack. So like I mentioned, our criminal today, maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed. Mm -hmm. Uh, She decides, for example, she decides to steal this golden pharaoh statue and also total side note non sequitur but i try this down every time i write statue which i do multiple times in this episode i accidentally write statute statute because of our jobs yes <laughs> anyways like she, constantly. i a thousand percent feel your pain <laughs> you say. many constantly. a time yes yep <laughs> there so, was one time uh, where i was supposed to actually be typing statue like for a oh, change yeah. i was not supposed to be typing statute and i was like god i still can't get it. anyway yeah, literally um, every time I, I was wrong time. this time. Thank you. Um, but yeah, correct. this bitch decided to steal it in the middle of the day, so, which maybe like maybe it was a Wednesday. Maybe it was a slow day, perhaps. No, no. But it's still day. <laughs> it was school day at the St. Bernard Museum, <laughs> which yeah, included an art competition for every single one of the little adorable elementary students in St. Canard and their families. I wonder which, what other student might be there also. Yeah. Okay. Before you get to that though, Uh what the fuck? This woman did zero research whatsoever. That is like the, were any criminals listening right now? CIA, we're helping you out. You're welcome. Don't don't fucking do a heist in the middle of the day, unless you've got like a man on the inside or something. And it like actually works for the plot. And especially check the calendar. They put calendars online for a reason. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Full on school day at the museum with a children's art competition. So literally it's not just like, you know, 500 kids and some teachers who don't give a shit. It's 500 kids and all of their families. <laughs> at this museum. So it's like the most crowded day in museum history. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So this, as you mentioned, of course, includes the spunky little Gosland Mallard, okay. aka DW's Darkwing Duck's adopted dollar, daughter, mm-hmm. and DW as his alter ego, Drake, Drake Mallard, and Launchpad, who dresses as he always does, no <laughs> hiding that he's DW's sidekick. Um, and here of note, I do want to flag something we first speculated about then talked about in last week's episode, uh, specifically because Alexis went and did some recon on this. Uh, basically, we wondered aloud whether or not Drake Mallard and LP are a couple. Oh, yeah. But like, like even though this episode doesn't outright confirm it, they both went as like Goslin's dads. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like so, like parents. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like family day. They went as her dads and like, Alexis, basically, you discovered that the internet agrees with us, and like, yes. they're totally a couple. So. Through my nerdy like research yes. and watching YouTube videos about Darkwing mm-hmm. Duck, we're not alone in this. A lot of people yeah. who have watched the show for a long time, longer than we have, mm-hmm. also agree. 
And so. next week's episode, we'll build on this theory some more too. Okay, so good. We're, just, we're gonna keep riding this this all the way up. Incredible. Yes. Good, good, mm-hmm. good. Um, and uh, so as I said, it's a um it's kids' day. So basically the museum caught up all the elementary schools, had all the kids submit a work of art. It's all on display, which I'm sure was so fun and exciting for the families. And there's gonna be a little art competition, see who has the best one. Um, I wanna note that Goslin's art uh, is a scene. I think it's like a T-Rex and a Stegosaurus viciously fighting to the death as a volcano explodes behind them. That's awesome. And, And there's this moment where like DW and LP are judging some kids art and they're like huh, what does that say about how they're being raised and then it slowly pans to Goslin's art of like murder and death and violence those are all like what does that well say done. about how she's being raised <laughs> yeah she's being exactly. raised perfectly that's what it says she's got great yeah. fathers they're super <laughs> she's very creative she knows her di- her different types of dinosaurs that's right. a smart girl right there. Bam. She understands <laughs> she knows the geology, color of blood. <laughs> she knows yeah. how to paint the color of blood. So smart. <laughs> so on point. Um, an artiste. Yes. Uh, so also in attendance, we briefly mentioned him, but is Goslin's bestie. Mm. Uh, but I'll elaborate a little bit more yes. on him now. So his full name apparently is Herbert Muddlefoot Jr. A.K. Honker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was Herbert. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It just adds to this little nerd. How is Honker a nicer name? It was anyway, How did they get yeah. that even from Herbert Muddlefoot Jr.? Yeah, also some sort of bird that honks. Yeah, we don't know. Anyway, so Honker, uh, he yeah, he's like this little tiny twerpy uh nine-year-old who goes to school with uh Goslin and is uh and his neighbors with the mallards he wears these like big adorable round glasses that are like really thick he's got a backpack most of the time and like kind of a little measly voice and um he's clearly the nerd who like keeps the very impulsive goslin way more grounded Mm -hmm. um he's this little bookworm um and when digging up more on honker there was this note that said and maybe this is in an episode somewhere but he's basically allergic to everything. Hmm. And that's the moment I realized of all the characters, I am honker. (laughs) I like nerdy things. I'm not good at most sports. I like to learn. Literally the other day, I I I gave myself a huge allergic reaction because I was arranging some flowers and rearranging some flowers in our house and pollen literally puffed out into my eye and like I'm super allergic to pollen and all of me like hives like my eye was closed I was actually worried about recording today that my eyes were still gonna be like I had had my camera off on zoom at work for like three days so just from like rearranging flowers yeah because the pollen went directly into my eye like you still work around flowers (laughs) yeah how did that go I also have like hay fever like allergic to like grass and shit I like to go in the outdoors so like I am honker. You are honker. Okay. I am wow. Herbert Muddlefoot Jr. It's nice, Jr. <laughs> it's nice to meet you officially. You. <laughs> this Thank is the you. reintroduction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nasally voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> My glasses. Yeah, put your glasses on next week. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I'll go get them. Uh, so, anyways, uh, while this uh, children's art 
is being judged by like the chief curator of the St. Kennard Museum, who's Mm -hmm. this giant, like pretty enormous pig in a suit, which is this commentary about snobs of the art world? Maybe. Okay. I'll leave it up to anyone else to decide. So while the judging is going on, you know, all of the parents are like excited to see if their kid wins. All of the kids are paying attention because they want to be the winner. I'm sure they get like ice cream or something like that. Um, Honker, who's our unlikely hero, actually, in today's episode, notices something extremely odd. So he's kind of looking around. He's clearly not about just, you know this art competition yeah. and he he notices that in the background of American Gothic by Grant Wood which is the painting of the two farmers like one with like the pitchfork just like standing and staring like posing really stiffly I'm sure during I don't know the Great Depression or something like that didn't look yeah. it up um someone there's there's movement like in the background of this painting Mm. and he sees like a figure grow bigger and bigger in it until someone literally steps out from like this flat classic work of art into the real world oh gosh oh gosh oh Mm no (laughs) that would actually be I cannot describe how how terrifying that would fuck me all the way up. Oh my god! Because at first I thought you just meant like eyes moving. I was like, oh, that's so cute, like Scooby Dooish. No, art like literally someone. coming to life. Yeah, like yes. someone is moving. someone is moving in the background, and then someone, not the two of the painting, someone else steps out of the art, like of the painting, who was not oh originally god. in it. Um, the figure takes advantage of the moment in which everyone's turned paying attention to the uh, art curator, the museum curator, mm-hmm. easily opens up a display case, takes that golden statue, looks around briefly, and then steps into another work of art um, by basically she waves a paintbrush that temporarily covers the work of art with like this like bubblegum pink color. And then you see the work of art return, in this case, Salvador Dali's Persistence of Memory. Uh, and you see her figure running in the painting itself. Um, Does she like take on the art style of whatever painting she goes in? Or it's like the same figure every time? We will get to that. Right okay. now, it's her. Right now, gotcha. it's the same figure. And Honker sees all of this happen. Um, also, side note, apparently... The St. Canard Museum has like a more impressive collection than the Louvre does. Yeah. So, like, like, why do they have all of this stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is okay. a literal world class museum. Yeah. So, um, also, real quick, I just have to get it out of my system. We'll hear it. And then, like, I probably wanted to interrupt again for uh-huh, a minute. Uh-huh. But when you say that she's like, this person is jumping in between art. All uh-huh. I can think of is, I don't know if you watch Blue's Clues when you were like really young. Yeah, of course Blue's I did. do, you can't do it. And they like to <laughs> I just imagine her like skidooing from art to art. <laughs> I mean, like, you're not wrong, but I would say it's a little more of like the Harry Potter vibe of like, okay, that was that, that's moving, probably which the is one that I should have gone with. <laughs> But I just I like to that you imagine the like spinning and skidooing and but okay yes um, we'll, Blue's we'll Clues imagine. was one of my favorite shows as a child. What if we did Blue's Clues as a <laughs> but all of the like 
crimes every are like, episode is literally two an plus two three or four blue what did you do with your book bag <laughs> exactly i what definitely fuck stole blue's book bag like really going in like coming for you yeah putting like like pictures of people on the board the red thread i think it was mrs salt or mr pepper <laughs> <laughs> those fuckers <laughs> anyways anyway. so honker rightfully immediately freaks the fuck out yeah. um and starts trying to tell his parents but is shushed by the curator. He's like, kid, it's my time to shine. I'm announcing the winner of this. Shut up, essentially. Until the curator realizes that that golden statue is gone. Mm. And what does he do next? The curator, this grown-ass adult, claims that Honker is lying and is in fact the one who stole the statue. And everyone fucking believes him. His parents ground him on the spot. And they're like, stop lying that you saw someone jumping in and out of the paintings. You stole it and put it in your backpack. Like gaslighting this child. Yes, you stole it and put it in your backpack. But we did not find it in your backpack. But we know you put it in there. <laughs> no one checked. But yeah. luckily, DW and Gosselin were indeed smart enough to say, it's not in his backpack. <laughs> He can't be the culprit. Revolutionary thinking. Right. That's why they are the detectives of the city. Exactly. Oh uh, wow. But uh, he is not the culprit, but Honker is the kind of the star witness to this crime. Yeah. And here's what happens when witnesses are not believed. The crime continues. Mm-hmm. So like I said a second ago, his parents ground him because they still think he's lying about what he saw at the very least. They're, you didn't do it. You saw what did do it, and you're not telling us the truth. Mm. So okay. he sits grounded. Uh, as as he's grounded in his room, this is when the lady from the art me- uh, meeting is trying to sell the golden statue, which is where we began our story today. So while Honker is sitting again, grounded, let's talk about this bold thief who can travel apparently in and out of art. Uh, her name is Splatter Phoenix. Which is quite the name. And I will be saying it in full every time. Okay, good. Thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> it is Splatter a Phoenix. choice. It sounds equally violent and like badass. I don't. Yes. I don't it's a lot yeah, of things. It's a like, lot of things. I'm feeling a lot of ways about. I don't know if I like it or not. So same. That's why I'm just going to say it in full yeah. every time. Cool. Um, and she describes herself. Because of course she does, as we will see learn, or we'll soon learn, uh, she's got a little bit of an ego. So um, she describes herself as, quote, a daringly innovative pseudo, pseudo anti neo postmodern deconstructionist. I Googled that entire I hate her statement. already. <laughs> The only things that come up are references to this episode and papers about postmodernism. So whatever she is, which it's way too long to say and hard to say that I'm not going to say it again, doesn't exist. But to her, it does. I wonder what came first, the episode or that paper on postmodernism? A bunch of papers being like, let's deconstruct postmodernism. Let's figure out what the the fuck Darkwing Duck was trying to teach us in that one episode. Yep. No <laughs> That's one what all those papers are about. <laughs> the episode yeah, I'll came go, first. I'll go get my PhD. I'll get like an MFA about this. It does <laughs> yeah. this art exist? Um, again, according to the internet, this art does not exist. Okay. But an important note to her, it 
does. Yes. So we will, we'll get even more into her backstory later, including how she's moving through art question mark. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell you about that quite yet. So okay. I'll just continue imagining that she's blue skadooing in and out. In yeah, exactly. Her name is actually Steve. <laughs> <laughs> not Splatter Phoenix. Not Splatter Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, this is what happened to Steve after. Yeah, he didn't actually go to college. He became an nope. art thief. Yep, exactly. I mean, I think she might be a college dro- art school dropout. So maybe. Know, it's, possible. it's possible. So anyways, so as I mentioned, Goslin is the more impulsive friend. So uh, she sneaks mm-hmm. Honker out of his room, breaks him out from being grounded. And they break back into the museum. Oh my gosh. To prove that he's not lying. And so this museum also could be sued for negligence because it's yeah. so easy to break into that literally two nine-year-olds were able to do yeah. it. <laughs> so somewhere that has like some of the world's most valuable art, there's no security. None whatsoever. Awesome. Yes. Great. Honestly, at this so, point, they kind of deserve, it sounds like, what they got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not, we'll I mean, I, should, I shouldn't I victim blame. I'm, I won't victim blame. I mean, but in this I'm case, just going to say the museum's security, and as we've already seen, the curator kind of suck. So okay. we'll see more of them soon. Cool. All right. So as they are breaking back into the museum, I guess to find clues, uh, very Scooby-Doo-esque of them, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they see Splatter Phoenix um, stepping out of Emmanuel's Let's painting called Washington Crossing the Delaware, which is exactly what it sounds wow. like. It's that oil wow. painting, yeah. George Washington ca- crossing the Delaware River. It's a gotcha. storming river. He's got American yeah. flag. There's some people around. Looks all like patriotic and yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very distinguished. Yes. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm going to put uh, all of the art mentioned today, by the way, on Instagram and yes. Twitter. So people can yes. swipe through to see what I'm talking about. So follow us, Satmore and Miss. And, and for like a couple of weeks, people are going to think that we're like an art podcast or, or like an <laughs> art heist, but I'm, I'm here for it. Anything we yeah. can do to get like either get new followers or show our current audience new things. I love it. <laughs> we're learning together. We are. So I am. Um, yes. So she, a full-grown adult against two nine-year-olds, obviously is able to overtake them, basically. Awesome. Yes. Uh, specifically, she grabs Goslin uh, and starts to run away with her. Um, I will say also, like, again, of her... Uh, clearly thinking high highly of herself when she sees these two literal children she's i guess trying to impress them and she yells dialectic dualisms which i as a 29 year old don't know what that means so i googled it and according to britannica a dialectic dualism involves an eternal dialect or dialectic or tension of two opposed principles such as in western culture the one and the many the idea and the matter. So like, okay, I don't, again, a, gr- a grown adult who has an education doesn't know what that means. These nine-year-olds are not impressed with you, lady. No. What? Anyways. Like yeah. she, I don't even think she knew what she was saying. She just said two big words to sound cool. That was is she, the opinion now, of who she is. Now I'm trying to like break it down. I'm like, is she saying that Goslin and Honker are the dialectic? Like, I don't Because they're so opposite, but it's Probably. Not. It's dumb though, either way. Yes. (laughs) Either way, it's like one of those things where like, yeah, like at a cocktail party, she's the person using 
phrases like that to try and impress everyone else and mm-hmm. nobody's buying it. It's like no one knows what that she doesn't even know what that like, she's using it wrong. I don't even know what it yeah. means. She's using it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's how so, you know you fucked up. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> um so yeah so not only do we have art theft of that statue but now i guess a kidnapping because she has now taken goslin mm-hmm. um so interestingly uh she's like running away with goslin and she waves her paintbrush again across another canvas this time across uh pablo picasso's I don't even know how to say Hunerica, which is like an anti-war painting. It's like the long black and white one. It's got like a bowl and people yelling. I don't know. It's all like cubist and surrealist. I don't know what the fuck is in it. But anyways, she like waves the the paintbrush across. And instead of stepping through it herself this time, she's able to push Goslin into it. And Goslin becomes part of the painting, including changing her form to be like the cubist surrealist like picasso form whoa um, but the but but the splatter phoenixes still isn't changing when she goes in correct whoa Mm -hmm. what kind of witchcraft what the hell burn her i know bananas so anyway that's that's um, terrifying and meanwhile (laughs) hunker is doing what they should have done at the start find an authority so um actually unluckily unluckily for him the first authority he runs into is the curator from earlier the giant pig in the suit who instead of opting to help this child says save it for the authorities or save it for the judge and calls the authority on him for breaking into the museum oh my gosh so uh yeah at this point honker's like all right traditional authorities is not the path forward I got to go find Goslin's dad, who I know is a superhero because I've helped him out before, Darkwing Duck. So again, smartly, he goes and gets some adults in here. DW and LP show up. Um, They find Splatter Phoenix, immediately give chase because she's just like sulking around the museum, like checking out the different exhibits, which again, I think is showing that she's a dumb criminal, that she doesn't know where her next mark is because there's a museum at the start of like every fucking or a map at every start of every museum. She could have yeah. picked that up to find what she was looking for, but she's yeah. just like creeping around. You're looking around like, oh, museum. maybe I'll take that one or maybe I'll take this one. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe you'll get caught while you're wasting your time, dummy. <laughs> this is why art, usually art heist, as I said, in that one Scooby-Doo episode are super fast and short. Mm-hmm. Except for the Isabella Stewart Gardner one, which was very long and that's why it's so sus. Anyways, <laughs> so... uh. DW obviously enters as he sees her by saying, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the tube of candimimium or something like that. Yellow. That's impossible to open. I am Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Cadium? Cad- impossible I don't know to open and impossible to say. <laughs> I'm sure it's easy to say and I just don't know English. Yeah, I don't so, know. I don't either. <laughs> someone's going to know his colors. Tell us what he's saying. <laughs> Yes, thank you. So now just very briefly, um, we're going to describe the first chase scene in which precious Mm -hmm. and incredibly famous valuable art is just like thrown across the museum as EW and LP try to stop Splatter Phoenix. Um, But the main reason I'm going to describe this chase scene, or I guess how I'm going to describe it is for all of you MFA holders out there and art history majors out there. Mm. 
because it's full of punny and sometimes pedantic lines. Oh, awesome. So we're just, I'm just going to read through some of these a little bit here. So Splatter Phoenix, again, this is also helping build kind of like who she is a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Splatter Phoenix says, what havoc spawns when art appeals to middle brow taste? Uh, okay bitch middle brow phoenix yeah the verse the verisimilitude of my endeavors is far beyond the grasp of your petty little bourgeoisie minds oh my gosh okay crazy that the most recognizable word there was like bourgeoisie i know (laughs) i hate this one so much yeah okay the next few are from uh dw Mm. you misguided duck angelo like Michelangelo, the yeah. Italian Renaissance sculptor and painter who did Statue of David and the creation or the teenage of Adam. Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> There's going to be a couple of those I'll recognize. I think throughout. Uh, okay. Also, the creation of Adam when like the fingers of Adam and God are touching on mm-hmm. the Sistine Chapel ceiling. Yeah. Um, another GW. I have you now, you wretched Renier, Ren- Renoir, aka mm. a late French 1800 impressionist painter. Mm. DW, you rotten Rembrandt robber, Rembrandt, <laughs> the Dutch Golden Age painter and artist of different media. Hmm. Uh, DW, you've got a, lo- a screw loose, Lutrec. You're out of your mind. Lutrec, apparently a French painter famous hmm. for works depicting things like Moulin Rouge, oh. to which Splatter Phoenix responds, so was Van Gogh, which is a pretty good point. Hmm. Of Van Gogh also was out of his mind, so... That's one good. point nice. I will give to Splatter Phoenix. Good. Okay. The rest go to but some some pretentious things can be funny. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, as they're running through this apparently enormous museum where the curator and guards um, are not noticing the fact that people are like screaming puns at each other when they're like, <laughs> in the museum, <laughs> like hear shit like being knocked yeah. over and thrown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just Quiet don't night here. Yeah. We better look for that small child who broke in yeah. here. <laughs> All this other shit. <laughs> so, anyways, um, they finally come to the room which has the prize possession that uh Splatter Phoenix was there to find for her commission job, the Mona Lisa. Mm. So, for reference, for those who don't know. The Mona Lisa is a painting by Da Vinci, which according to my classic 15 seconds of Googling and Wikipedia is so famous one inherently because of who Da Vinci already was in the art world. He was already sought after and famous when he painted it. Uh, She's doing this like three quarter turn towards the audience, which was novel for the time. And then everyone copied Um, and then just like general hype around him built it up more. There's also like way more in-depth reasons and like conspiracies as to why it's so famous. But I do want to note what I think is the most significant reason that it's famous is that Beyonce and Jay-Z filmed a music video, <laughs> closed down the loop for their music video. I think it was Ape Shit off of their Carter's album. Um, <laughs> and they had a whole scene in front of it. It was not at, what year did that album come out? Like a couple years ago. <laughs> like the, the Mona Lisa wasn't famous until 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce made it famous. By As me. she does with everything she touches yes um, exactly go look up that music video it's great um also <laughs> i want to say the mona lisa i've seen the mona lisa in person and it's like yeah. super small there's way cooler things in the louvre which you will see when you watch that music video 
I was, I was gonna say i yeah i've been to, we're gonna both sound super pretentious right now i, I don't even yeah. give a fuck i don't even care because i yeah listen but grace and cool. i have both been to the louvre totally not impressed <laughs> no the mona lisa no. but first off it's probably not even the real fucking mona lisa when you oh, go there yeah, and see not. it it's definitely a mock off or a mock whatever stolen one or who knows um, and yeah, there are like, literally it's the least impressive thing in the Louvre. Yeah. I don't care. You guys are probably listening like, wow, these bitches. Jackasses. <laughs> like they're yeah. just as elitist as fucking splatter yeah, these elitist. Look, we're not really that elitist. We're just real. Like I've been yeah. to small local museums that have paintings more impressive than that. Yeah. Also, it's just the fact that it was Da Vinci and yeah, like the, exactly. the novelty of like the, like you said, turning turn. and slight looking like, oh, that was so new. And also because Ooh. Mona Lisa wasn't like a miraculous looking person, right. like just this average looking lady, like just look at the picture is not big. Like you could easily carry it in your yeah. hands. Like it's not a big picture. So it's, you can't even get that close to it unless you're in the yeah. room for like an hour waiting for people to like weed yeah. out. And not it's impressive. Like, it's behind this like plexiglass like all mm -hmm. of this stuff <laughs> I was there and saw it as a side story like I looked at it I was like this is fucking it and then I turned around I don't know obviously if it's still there or not but there's this like incredible like full like museum yeah. oh, wall like, sized mural. work of art and the only security around that it was like this small like <laughs> railing and there was literally a kid sitting on the railing like kicking his feet like leaning back and <laughs> forth I was like like this child's gonna fall into this painting and like ruin it and yeah, no one like shit because the it. yeah yeah which yeah. like yes yeah, so, oh, anyway um That's we pretty right. much just you get no one here needs to go see or no one listening or watching needs to yeah. see the Mona Lisa now because I think we've done a better job yes. depicting it in fact I'm sure that you and I both have pictures like on our phones and or on our computers perhaps we will like post the pictures that we've taken of the Mona Lisa so that yes. you guys will see all that you need to see and show you just how it's like, oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. Um, if I'm going to pick, seen it. I'll post actually, if you have one of those, send it to mm -hmm. me. I will. I'll post a picture of Jay-Z and Beyonce next to it. <laughs> the <laughs> so real, real reason, art. the real reason why Beyonce that painting is famous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so anyways, the Mona Lisa in the St. Canard Museum is exactly the same as the real one, except that it's a dog. And instead of a human or instead of a human, and it also has like huge, like Kardashian sized lips, like bright red lips <laughs> on it, which I think they okay. did because of instead of um, stealing the whole painting, maybe because she was on the move um, with another wave of her paintbrush, she somehow again waves the paintbrush into those giant Kardashian. Kardashian lips are gone from the Mona Lisa oh. and they're in her like cut off leather hands and she looks at it and cackles and says this will solve all of my troubles um she does another wave to this like cubist painting by Georges Braque who developed cubism or something like oh. that uh and jumps into it but at this time as like that how I mentioned they're like uh, pink paint goes over it for a second. Uh, while that pink paint is still there, DW and LP are smart and fast enough to leap in after her. Um, and in this case, they do change into the cubist style art. Okay, but she still fun. has not. Correct. She still okay. has not. So and here, anyone but her so far will yes. change. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and here, dear 
probably confused listener is where we get to learn how the fuck she's moving in and out of artwork in a classic villain monologue yes she, she does explain her she evil monologues scheme. baby <laughs> i love it so tell us what's on your mind splatter phoenix. <laughs> splatter phoenix let's hear it so remember how she is a quote daringly innovative pseudo anti-neo postmodern deconstructionist how could all we the forget? things yes <laughs> so according to her critics said that her style of art which was all of those things i just said was too experimental which i think means her art was just too fucking weird or like just bad <laughs> and that, like, she's kidding herself it's too bad it's it's the latter yeah it's just like i think it's you say bad too experimental is like the highbrow critic way of being like this is bad art you're doing Slash a bad they job actually no they actually just told her it was bad but she interpreted it as experimental <laughs> like experimental. No, they called it bad but it they truly was just they didn't understand my me. experimenting i just had theories beyond their artist knowledge yes i yeah. a thousand percent think it's that of it like was. she is kidding herself and she just thinks like woman yeah that she is like yeah this artistic genius and nobody (laughs) understands her Mm -mm. because of that um but as it turns out her experimentation with her art did actually lead to something so specifically in her art and experimenting I'm personally in this whole monologue I've like was picturing her in like either like a San Francisco or like a a New York City like Soho studio apartment with just like I don't know like crazy like experimental music that's really bad going on everywhere and just like splattering paint constantly (laughs) but part of her art was mixing chemical compounds so I'm also picturing it's like kind of a lab I guess sounds dangerous now yes there's a lot of hazards I would say which is probably why she looks strung out because she's constantly taking in those paint fumes she's huffing that paint (laughs) a lot it's fucking up those brain cells yeah so um uh in her experimentation actually Mm -hmm. it led these different uh chemical experiments I think with paints and materials led to this genius creation of a new chemical that essentially can control dimensions. So that's what she dips her paintbrush into and thus can control art and dimensions. This is like DMT. (laughs) This is how it's called. (laughs) She's like like dropping tabs of acid. (laughs) She's just fully out on angel dust. (laughs) She's just like... I can, what dimension am I in? I'm traveling dimension. She's just like walking down the street. Everyone's looking at her like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, don't touch me. Your paper shoppy lady. puts her hand on like a, like a poster on like a brick wall. And like, I'm in the painting. (laughs) I am Salvador Dali. It's like the episode ends with like, you know, like those like stories that end. It's like, and then I woke up from the dream. It's like, and then I sobered up in rehab. <laughs> and then I found myself in rehab. <laughs> I mean, you'll go back and watch it. She could do some rehab. It's, it's kind of, maybe that's the MO. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that's really the vibe. We'll yeah. say, yeah, I think. Cool. 
acid, DMT, I think anything, PCP, like shrooms. Angel dust, yeah. Honestly, a cocktail of all of the above. And in the 90s? Like this shit, an art student, like, come on. Yeah, this show is going strong. That's what they were really trying to get across with this episode. You said they made her look like strung out, like Joan (laughs) Jett. I mean, we had like some like, you know, 60s and 70s, like, acid peaks going on like 80s cocaine yeah 90s ashberry like yeah 90s was like the hard shit coming in of like yeah like pcp heroin this was like like, crack is whack like going even beyond yeah they did not have a dare class come to their art school oh no 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 No, dare was not with it they were not hip enough for these hipster (laughs) art students nope 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 so uh Mm. basically so that's how she can literally move in and out of art and control it is that she can yeah yeah, control different dimensions so that's why she can move through it that's why she could take the lips of dog mona lisa off um dog lisa um so instead of yet again like many of the villains in Darkwing Duck, trying to monetize on what is a genius invention. She instead uh, leaned into her, that starving artist trope, which I think is such bullshit. Um, And somehow she says that she's depleted all of her finances in trying to show her art to the world, which I will say Maybe that does make sense. Like, I don't know enough about the art world, but I have to imagine that to be an artist without like elite rich parents, it's probably kind of hard to like make big in in the art world. Um, Yeah. Maybe she's like, yeah, maybe she was like depleting her finances to have that studio apartment. Maybe she was trying to roll in those elite circles uh, to get that recognition she deserved. We'll actually touch on, we'll, we'll circle back to this idea at the very end um, with some wild speculation. So <laughs> yes, after hearing basically, cause she does like go on and on about basically that like, yeah, again, no one understands my art, um, but also LOL, I am super, like literally at one point at the end of the monologue, I write this down by should have, but I think her ending line goes, in other words, I'm broke, <laughs> flat out. Like she just says, she it like, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm broke as fuck. So, <laughs> welcome um, to America, lady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, uh, as she was monologuing, I think she realized, like, just how indeed depleted and desperate that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that instead of, you know, she, she had been commissioned to steal the Mona Lisa. Um, instead of giving it to the guy who was going to buy it, who tried to jip her before she suddenly realizes that she can hold these lips for ransom, which again, does ransom exist in the art world? Mm, So not like the way she thinks. Um, so the actual value of the Mona Lisa based on some Googling I did has some different sources, but the common figure I saw hovers more or less around $900 million. Oh my gosh. Now we sound even more pretentious for our (laughs) earlier comments, but I stand by them. That's overpriced. So much so. So So now since insurers and museums don't pay ransoms, 
I doubt that they would pay that price or anywhere mm-hmm. close to it, yeah. nor do if she again turned towards um, the black market instead of trying to hold it for ransom. Um, that shit would be way too hot for any criminal to touch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even if there was a criminal dumb enough to buy it off of her, because again, as explained earlier, they're like, that's way too hot. Like, we're not that stupid. Yeah. Um, but exist, it will only go for at max 10% of this value. Yeah. So in this case, if it was, yeah, 10% of 900 million, she would get 90 million, which is still yeah. a lot of fucking money. Of fucking money. However, she just has the lips, not the full <laughs> painting. <laughs> so it's only like, it's like five percent, yeah, yeah, of the She'll painting. Ninety dollars for the lips. <laughs> yeah, I will say I did some quick math. By quick math, I mean went to like a percentage calculator. Yeah, and said the actual value of the lips is like forty-five million. So if oh. you're only gonna get ten percent at best, she's that bet she's still gonna get like four point five million for the yeah. lips. Yeah. That'd be a pretty good haul. If she can be clever enough to move the most high profile painting in the world, which I honestly don't believe that she can. Mm, No. Especially because I think she, as we've seen, is way too egotistical to negotiate a deal. So Mm -hmm. I think she would stick to the expected price slash the expected value of the entire Mona Lisa at $900 million for just the pair of lips. Um, And if anyone offered lower, I think she would walk. Um, And I think this is, I I believe, yeah, full heartedly, like she would never be able to do this type of deal because of her like, yeah, because of how egotistical she is that like, Mm -hmm. clearly she already thinks she's better than everyone else. She thinks she understands art more than anyone else. And thus, all of her opinions on art are the best and the only opinions and thus what price she says goes. Goodness gracious. So for failure. Yeah, exactly. As I said at the start, what, what could go wrong with the plan? Oh, wait, there's no plan. Oh, (laughs) no plan. I was going to say everything, but yeah, there has to be a plan for shit to go wrong. wrong. Yeah. No plan to begin with. Um, so now, an actually pretty fun uh, painting to painting chase ensues um, because every painting they jump to, like DW and LP, uh, morph into the style of the artist, um, which is very fun. Um, yeah. So as all of that is happening, you may be thinking to yourself, where's Honker? Like, Go- oh, yeah. Goslin's still stuck in a Picasso. LP, DW, and Splatter Phoenix are also are running in paintings. What's Honker up to? Yeah. So what, what is Honker up to? I'm glad you asked. So we come back uh, to the, again, gaslighting of a witness, namely a child. Oh. <laughs> and we get a good look at the St. Bernard justice system. Because the lack thereof. As, as Honker watches everyone run from painting to painting, he approaches the dolly, the Salvador dolly painting, just as the curator enters the room. And the curator, who had already said, save it for the judge, literally arrests Honker. And the next scene we see, 
honker is sitting in a jail cell like a slab bench with chains holding it up and like prison bars and like honker because he's a nine-year-old like he has his little backpack on and his feet are just like kicking because they can't touch the ground <laughs> he's like waiting for his parents to pick him up does he have handcuffs on i don't think so anymore okay he's good really in the cell okay oh, true yeah he's not a threat to the officers at this point <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the threat's been neutralized because yeah. he's nine. <laughs> oh my gosh oh, it's pretty precious kids. i would like it, yes but also like it would be super traumatizing in yeah, the real world like a nine-year-old like locked in a cell yeah. a jail cell like exactly where are my parents my friend has just been like trapped and kidnapped her dads are also about to get like killed trapped. probably yeah yep. um cool my parents will be here any moment now i hope, I hope. also now I they're hope. gonna know that i got out from being grounded yeah. oh no i'm really gonna be in oh, trouble geez, now please. he's like more afraid about being grounded, grounded. than by the current situation he's in yeah. <laughs> wow. so um he is apparently able to make bail, uh, but he does sneak Good. right back out into the museum mm-hmm. and is uh, actually able, again, the perfect timing to jump into a painting behind Splatter Phoenix, who's still being chased mm. by DW and LP. Oh, actually, at this point, DW and LP had gotten to Goslings. They passed through the Picasso and grabbed her. Yeah. Apparently able to break her free. But Good. they, because um, they can only move when Splatter Phoenix like paints kind of like a portal between the paint. Okay. Yes. Thank you for explaining that. Because I was wondering, I was like, how are they? Okay, cool. Sorry. So that's how. Which yeah, is important thank you. because yeah. they jumped into this next painting uh, as Honker was sitting in jail and she waved the brush, turned the painting alive, and then she herself jumped out of it and like closed the portal. Oh, and it happened to be Goslin's painting of oh. battling dinosaurs and exploding volcanoes. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought you were gonna say it happened to be the same painting Goslin was in. Nope. No, that's even worse. Fuck. Have so fun now, with that one, you guys. <laughs> yep. And so this is why Honker, our true hero and uh criminal mm. who's done hard time, that's made him more of a hero, though. Not all criminals are bad. They turn out to be good like Honker here. Yeah, he's Um, reformed. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, while they're off battling dinosaurs, um, yeah, so again, so he gets back uh, out of jail, out of his house, back to the museum. Mm -hmm. Again, he's able to sneak behind Splatter Phoenix um, into a Salvador Dali painting. And he actually is being really smart. He's kind of like creeping around in this painting, like trying to make sure he's not caught. And it turns out this is where she's been kind of like hiding out and he finds this magical compound, like this chemical concoction and more paintbrushes. Um, So this already hardened criminal steals that shit without her noticing. Let's Um, mm -hmm. So those criminal experiences to use. Exactly. He learned a thing (laughs) in that couple hours in prison. He's like a smart criminal. He's mostly uh smart with a sprinkle of misdemeanor thrown on there. So he's a juvie. It'll get erased from his record. (laughs) Might as well. Yeah. Get it out of your system now, kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) don't um, actually do that. Any kids listening to this podcast, do not not get it out of your system. Just don't Uh do that. Ever. So Honker, this is how he learns yeah kind of like the dimensions and all everything he can do um and that he now because he has 
the chemical compounds that he can move through all the paintings. Oh, um, good. He's got the DMT now. Yes, exactly. Now, <laughs> Honker is tripping balls as well. Yeah. It's the theme of this episode. What an eventful day for this kid. Honker <laughs> has had more life experiences than most adults do. He's all like, right, I love hanging out with Gosling. <laughs> but like jail time and DMT. All, All in one, <laughs> hopping into paintings, defeating a criminal, shoot, saving Again. a superhero. Which yeah. may be like the real crime at the center of this whole thing is like illicit drug dealing <laughs> and like getting a minor high. Yeah, that's actually what's <laughs> <laughs> Like the um, art stuff. Yeah, because they're so high. The art stuff actually isn't even happening. <laughs> they're all Again, just, like, they're just like tripping balls. Moving through. Walking through the streets of St. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. So uh, he is able to go find LPDW and Goslin because, again, he's got the, the magic power now, a.k.a. drugs. Um, they're able to chase down Splatter Phoenix into a Jackson Pollock painting, which is like that splatter mm. art. Yeah. Uh, they corner her because, boom, bitch, like we all have that same dimension controlling power um this bitch for as much as dumb as she is doesn't even hesitate to start building her case that this is self-defense oh, that she God. is now backed into a corner which i will pause it and we can loop back to in a second here because i'm almost finished um i think her real backstory is that she is actually like a rich spoiled brat but like got cut off of her allowance from her family mm. because the fact that she immediately is like no I'm the victim here nothing's my fault this is self-defense very much gives me like rich brat vibes of yeah. like now that yeah like now that I'm in a corner let me turn it around on you exactly I'm gonna do this so <laughs> yeah my mommy and daddy's yeah. lawyers can get on it yeah thing mm. um but this bitch, even as she's like claiming self-defense, again, she can control dimensions and create things. She paints a bomb, gets ready to throw it. And Honker, who again, has the same power now, paints right. a literal flaming arrow and bow, shoots it, and the bomb explodes while still in Splatter Phoenix's hands. Oh, Honker, savage. Awesome. Honker saw some shit in jail that night. Yeah. I think Honker, if he rolled up his little like nerd sleeve, has some tats. Like a full sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Like, this was from Nam. <laughs> it, like zooms in a Honker space. He, like when he removes his glasses, his glasses are so big. But if he moves it up, you see him in his cheek. He's got the teardrop. Yeah. Or like a scar. He has like a scar in one of his eyes. So he actually only like can see out of one eye. Yeah. <laughs> exactly get a teardrop tattoo coming yeah, out of that messed up someone in prison for that teardrop <laughs> tattoo for sure um so once again we don't actually see what happened to her uh i assume she lived because we both see the lips returned to the mona lisa mm. and we either like hear dw say maybe he says it straight to her or like yells at her i can't remember the only art you'll be painting is license plates in prison. That's <laughs> pretty good. Um, that is good. That's funny. And also similar <laughs> to like past criminals who uh, that we've covered that are uh, very egotistical artists. I have to imagine that her getting sent to the St. Canard uh, prison for the criminally 
uh, untalented yes. is crushing to this yes. bitch. Yes. Um, so all of those different things that I said we'd circle back on uh, yeah. that I'd love your thoughts on and the yeah. audience's thoughts on. So like drop some comments, folks. Um, like, share, subscribe as well if you haven't already boom. and then drop but a comment. <laughs> if Splatter Phoenix was an artist in 2022 instead of 1992, do we think she would have had to sink this low to make her art known? Because in the world of social media, Artists around the world can be seen by so many people without the like need for elite like New York City or St. Canard or Paris galleries and critics to acknowledge their worth. So I personally, my opinion is that because of social media and obviously algorithms and shit, you've, y'all heard us talk about them. I think she would have found her niche crowd for whatever the fuck she describes herself as and could have found some success there as an influencer, especially if she was good at TikTok, especially if she had rich parents to like mm-hmm. help, you know, get her some uh, sponsorships or something. But uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree. I get what you're, what you're saying. My yeah. only disagreement is that she just has such an awful personality. Mm. It sounds like that, like, even if her art could get some like niche audience, she would start using all of those big words. And it's like, yeah, people might like to look at what she's putting out there, but they'd be like, what the fuck is this like pretentious Mm. bitch talking about? So yeah, there there probably is like an audience that for sure would grab onto that Mm -hmm. and would love that. But I'm glad that you also asked like modern times, where would she be? Because this whole episode I was thinking, Modern times, I feel like she would be doing like trying to get into the NFT game or something. (laughs) I almost, when I was like doing my research at the beginning, like explaining art theft and like that type of stuff, I thought about watching NFTs. Then I was like, fuck no, I'm not getting into that. I'm glad you didn't because as you were saying it, I put a note in my phone like NFTs, don't forget to bring up NFTs (laughs) and how it's literally just a fraud scheme that's like taking over the art world and like independent art and whatnot now. Um, Yeah, so I imagine her doing some like some yes. conglomo of this and like Scooby-Doo in the cyber chase where she's like going through <laughs> the blockchain and like grabbing other people's NFTs yes, and like this is fine now aka just <laughs> copy and pasting people's shit yeah exactly um, um yeah I also so, yeah or as I say the counter argument to myself as well is that because I this is kind of where I'm split with yeah. like would she be famous on social media I think that she would also think she's too good for social media yeah and that people and artists on social media I think she would think we're below her and mm-hmm. like again the bourgeoisie like it's she pedantic yeah I don't put my exactly. things on TikTok my things belong in the Louvre or on the walls and of like it. Wall Street hedge fund managers like in their right. houses or Saudi princes yeah. exactly like, that type of shit. yeah so. yeah there we so go. I, that was kind of like a convoluted journey and story. But like, I just, I, after I watched it, I did debate to myself. I was like, I don't know, like how to even talk about this one. That's not just a straight up recap, but I just love art crime so much that I was like, I fuck love it. it. Keep it coming. I'm sure that we will Got do you. more shows with art related crimes because so far we're two for two. So yeah, I'm going to try and find more with everything we watch. That's actually now going to be our guiding light for what shows we talk about. Do they have Does it involve an, is there an art crime related episode? If so, okay, fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay, yeah. fine. No, I love it though. I, I learned Great. a lot today. Not only different You're artists, welcome. but also just yeah, different art crimes, heists. All of the above. Yeah. 
I love um, it. Sweet. Well, between now and next week, who who should our lovely listeners uh, inform this? I, I never know how to fucking say this. Me story. neither. What, who should they tell? Who should they tell about this podcast? Yeah. It just, yeah, it doesn't flow off the tongue. Yeah. Damn it. Just tell somebody. No. So <laughs> this week, um, this week I say go, you know, go to the museum. Nice. Uh, if you're like me and live in a city where there are a lot of free museums, then pop on in there one day and tell the curator or whatever docent is perhaps mm. standing around looking for someone to talk to because apparently <laughs> all people love doing those jobs, they can sometimes be boring. So if someone's just kind of standing around waiting for a badass kid to like jump over those velvet <laughs> rope things and fuck up some piece of art or whatever exhibit, just, you know, stop, talk to them, say, hey, how's it going? You should watch Saturday Morning Mysteries. They nice. talk about museums all the time. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> You'll <Nice>. love it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think while you're at the museum, especially if it's an art museum, mm-hmm. find the most pretentious looking people there and walk up next to them and be like, hmm, yes, these dialectic dualisms of this artist really deconstruct the postmodern era. By the way, you want some real art? Listen to Saturday Morning Mysteries. <laughs> um, were, you, were you impressed by the thing I just said there? You know where I heard it? Saturday Morning Mysteries. Saturday <laughs> Go take a listen. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And You'll then too understand we, what this art means after you watch that or <laughs> listen to that podcast. Yes, it's very experimental, but in a good way. <laughs> Not bad, I swear. Just experimental. Yes. <laughs> Um, All right. Great. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.